It's not often you get a podcast episode from me where I'm just talking off the cuff. But I feel like there's so much rolling around in my mind that if I sit down to write it, I'm just going to annoy myself. So I thought, why not sit in front of the microphone and talk about dwelling? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm dwelling. And maybe this will be useful in the universality of it. Because I think it's actually comforting when you tell somebody, I'm feeling blah, blah, blah. And they come back with, yeah, I get that. I do too. Or that was me last month. It seems as though so many people these days are telling themselves that they're alone in the feelings that they're feeling, that they're the only one dwelling, that they're the only one struggling, that they're the only one. And it seems as though so many people are saying this. I have an older podcast episode called I Feel That Too. So this is akin to that. People often will listen to an episode of mine and say, yeah, I feel that too. It sounds a strange thing to say, but that's kind of heartwarming to me. To know that what I'm saying, others are feeling and feeling better because they're not alone in their struggle or whatever it is. So anyway, I have been dwelling for quite a while. If you listen to me regularly, you know I haven't uploaded an episode since the tapping In the time that I haven't been recording, I have been writing, but I've mostly been writing about my cousin. She did pass away third week in September, so I've been doing a lot of writing about her, mainly. It feels very important to catalog the last few months with her. It's very possible it's because I'm dwelling, and I'm dwelling because it's so hard to believe that she's gone. When somebody doesn't live in your house, you kind of get used to them existing, (laughs) not in your sight. And then when they suddenly aren't, it really throws you for a loop. The fact that you can't just go over there, you can't just call them, you can't just text them and get a reply, is kind of like a smack in the face. And not just once, but again and again and again. So yeah, I've been having a hard time with that. What's funny is I feel as though I've been doing a stellar job having a good attitude in front of people, which is kind of fascinating because often when you don't feel well, it's hard to put up a front. But I've done a really good job of putting up a front and only struggling when I'm alone. And I think in being an introvert, that's the easiest way to struggle. All the big things need to be felt when nobody else is in the room, when nobody else is in the house, when nobody else is near. So that's what I've done. In addition to losing her in September and dwelling a ton in October, I went on a two-week vacation in November for the first time in 10 years. Like vacation, vacation. Not stay at home, not get chores done. I mean, like fly thousands of miles and see amazing things vacation. Which is, yes, so healing. But for some reason, stepping away from your life for two weeks and then returning to it and returning to the struggles, the everyday, it feels a little bit like another slap in the face. And I'm not saying that that's a really awful thing. It just is. It just was a slap in the face. While I was gone in those two weeks, my mother fell and it was actually on my birthday that she fell and 
she happened to have her phone in her pocket and so was able to call a neighbor to help her get up. She fell on her back. Anyway, they took her to Instacare because she was in so much pain and Instacare x-rayed her back and said she has no broken backbones, <laughs> but she's been uncomfortable, uncomfortable. And so uh, the day that I came home, she asked me to take her to the doctor. This was five solid days after the day that she fell. And what she was describing to me about her pain as we're going to her, her normal doctor, her everyday doctor, made me think she has a broken rib because that's exactly what this sounds like. So we went into the office and I said to her doctor first thing, you probably have the x-rays from Instacare over at the hospital. And I don't know if you want to look at those, but she's hurting on her side and I think she broke her rib. So he takes her, x-rays her, comes back. He says, I have good news and bad news. Good news is your heart looks amazing. And I went, yeah, that's no surprise. And then he says, the bad news is, and I chimed in, she did break a rib. And he goes, she broke three. So coming home to that slap in the face is also coming home to my mother not being okay and struggling. And I already feel the burden of my mother growing old. I used to talk about her fairly regularly in my podcasts. So if you listened to any old episodes, you know how much I love her. And I've kind of stopped talking about her because um, things just aren't great. And it feels like I would be talking about her too much if I did talk about her at all. So I don't. But, you know, this old age stuff. One of the things I have been writing about and dwelling on is the fact that I know we all die. Like, rationally, I know we all die. But as it gets close for people you care about, or as it happens to people you care about, it is suddenly very real and not just a fact. Kind of like you can see palm trees in the movies, but when you see palm trees in real life, it's it's a different experience. I know that's a stupid example. A lot of people spend every day near palm trees, but I'm in Utah and we don't have palm trees. And I spent most of my life living here and living in England. And needless to say, there are no palm trees in England either. <laughs> The only other country I've lived in is Romania, and there are no palm trees in Romania. So Hawaii and Mexico and California are my three best examples. That Having been to those three places and seeing palm trees, it, it's like, ooh, ah, ooh. <laughs> I knew that these existed in, from the movies. I knew it. But when you see them in real life and they're so tall and they're just, I don't know, maybe it's because of the movies that I see them the way I do, but. They feel majestic and special and unique and all that. So, odd analogy, I know. This is why I don't do many things off the cuff. One of my paranoia aspects to my personality is being annoying and repeating myself. I don't want to be annoying, which is one of the reasons you're never going to see me on video, because I annoy myself on video. And I don't want to repeat myself, possibly because that might be annoying, but I do actually believe that... My parents both have this paranoia too, even though in their older years it has diminished. But I think it's a familial thing or something I got from them, let's say. No doubt I am annoying. Everyone is. Nobody's perfect. So I have to just kind of accept that. But that is why I only do audio. So the dwelling, I'm not going to tell you all the things. I, I feel like that actually would be annoying to tell you all the things that I'm dwelling on. But it does amaze me sometimes that we 
have the ability to go through spates of countless subjects rolling around in our head. I think that dwelling affects your mood, and it's very normal. But also, I want to say that I do believe that dwelling is one of those things that if you write, or if you record, or if you talk to a friend, you can do less of it. There are tools out there, if we want to call them tools, pen and notebook, friends, microphones, that can help you dwell less. And it does require the decision to sit down and do it, to call a friend, to grab your notebook, to speak it out loud. If you listened to my tapping episode, you know how important I now see saying things out loud, which I always saw as important. But now saying things out loud and tapping, I see it as a tool I haven't always had access to that I now have access to. Speaking of which, I suffer from a lot of headaches. And it was, I don't know, about a month ago after I did the tapping episode when I had a migraine as usual. And I was laying on my bed, just unable to do anything else. And I thought, well, what if I just tap anything I'm thinking? I start tapping and saying anything I feel, anything. How do I know what has caused the headache? I don't really. So how about I just speak feelings, feelings that I always have. How about that? So I'm laying down and tapping, just trying to think of a new sentence. And when I can't think of a new sentence, I just repeat the last sentence or sentence I've already said. I'm not kidding. When I say 15 minutes after I started doing that, I realized the headache was gone. I don't know how, and I don't know why it just was. And so that's why when I mention tapping to anybody, I say, I hate to say it like this and it sounds super corny, but it's kind of magic because why should just speaking any feelings aid my headache. Why should it? And honestly, it was something I was dwelling on, but that wasn't a bad thing. I was dwelling on a good thing when I had this headache. And so I just went ahead and tapped and it worked. Let the record show I don't like dwelling. It's not a fun pastime. And it actually makes me feel shitty in my lack of accomplishment. Like there's always laundry, there's always dishes, there's always dog hair to vacuum up, you know, I could be doing things all the time. And so if I'm dwelling and I'm not accomplishing anything that needs doing, well, I beat myself up for it. So I'd rather not dwell. But I'm a thinker. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> so dwelling I do. I'm hoping you can't hear the dogs in the background. They just both came in and decided to be breathing heavily and playing. Okay, so is there a sum up? My sum up. Choose to not dwell by choosing a tool to help you not dwell. It might even be a counselor, not a friend. Maybe you have stuff you want to talk about, but not to anybody that you interact with regularly. I'm just one of these people that I, I absolutely understand privacy. And when you have something that you feel you need to keep private, as much as I share, there is probably five times more that I don't share. And for me, recording is a tool. And I say that having countless recordings that I have never published, but speaking helps me recording and listening to it, considering the edit as I go through and pull out all my pauses and pull out all my mouth noises. That's when I decide whether or not it's anything worth sharing. And usually if I do record off the cuff, I don't share it. 
But I do just want to throw out there, we all dwell. I, I sometimes wonder if airheads don't. Like if if the term airhead really is based on people not having a lot of thoughts, surely they are less overwhelmed and they dwell less. Surely. And so in some ways I'm envious. I'm envious of the simple mind. <laughs> I know this is a random thing to say suddenly, but I just feel so convinced that we have multiple lives. There are so many lessons to be learned in one life, but everything that you learn is conditional upon the people around you, upon your circumstances, where in the world you were born, and some lessons just aren't fully universal. And I think there are countless lessons to be learned. So in this lifetime, dwelling is something I am tasked to experience. I'll just end with this real quick. I have an episode that I've been editing where I invited a 12-year-old guest to come and record with me. And the reason I did that was because when I met him, I was so impressed. It's not often that you meet a 12-year-old and you're like, uh, will you be a guest on my podcast? <laughs> but that's exactly what happened. I was like, you are amazing. I can't believe how much you sparkle and how cool you are. And we should sit down and chat. So anyway, we did, and we don't really touch on any one subject, so I'm thinking of asking him uh, to come back. If I do share that episode, I will provide the disclaimer that not a lot gets accomplished, but there is a cool human in my recording studio having a chat with me. Okay, I'm going to finally shut up. <laughs>